Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Rattled and Shook is released weekly, every Thursday, and brought to you absolutely free. But if you want to listen ad-free, subscribe to Tenderfoot Plus at tenderfootplus.com or on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get exclusive bonus episodes. For more information, check out the show notes. Now, enjoy the episode. And now, presenting Rattled and Shook. Hi, I'm April. And I'm Meredith. And this is Rattled and Shook. A podcast where we tune into scary stories and discuss our deepest, darkest fears. But in a fun way. So, it's 2024! (laughs) Yeah, it is. I'm a little dusty. I'm a little dusty. Yeah, Meredith um, is recovering from illness. I have COVID. I have COVID. Okay, yeah. I have Mm -hmm. COVID. Yeah. (laughs) She got the COVID. I have COVID. I started 2024 immediately with COVID, so. Mm-hmm. You know what? It can only go up from here. I hope so. That's, I hope that's that this way. isn't the high point. <laughs> nah, it's not. I do love that we ended our, like, season, you know, last year in December being like, we're going to be rested. And then I'm feeling so tired right now. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling so tired. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um. Don't let our disjointed, rusty banter fool you. We are back <laughs> and better than ever. Oh, yeah. 2.0. Mm-hmm. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just with a little phlegm, though. Rattled and shook. Now with phlegm. Yeah, hopefully I actually have that, like, um, whatever it is in Friends, the sexy. Sexy phlegm. Sexy phlegm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe I have that. Maybe I have. I don't have that. I don't have that. I. I mean. <laughs> I think you sound great. You sound back oh, to thanks. normal to me. Yeah. Thanks. I don't think you sound sick. You did hear me at my worst. But I'm sure at one point. I'm sure at one point your phlegm was sexy. I have no doubt. Honestly, that means a lot. That means <laughs> a lot. There's kind of a sweet spot when you're sick. You know, for any woman, where you uh, get that Barbara Stanwyck vibe. <laughs> mm. Very briefly, you know, you get that old Hollywood rasp yeah it's fleeting so fleeting 
But yeah, we have actual news stories this week versus last week's best of 2023. And we will have news stories throughout. Yes. <laughs> the second half of our first season will not be <laughs> just the first half recycled. <laughs> we only had 24 episodes in us. <laughs> and we will be milking those. <laughs> yep. I hope you enjoyed uh, the first batch. And so let's just go right into it. Let's get right into some scary stories. Mm-hmm. All right. First story. First news story of the year. Let's do it. I worked at a residential mental health company a few years back. It consisted of different people with different mental health diagnoses living in a residential setting with 24-hour supervision. I was assigned to an all-female house. One day, my supervisor called me to pick up a shift at a different house that I had never worked at before. She didn't tell me many details, just the hours and address, and added that it should be easy. It was an overnight shift. When I arrive, I am surprised and a little mad because it's all men. Three of them. I am not used to working with men, and I would be all alone with them for 10 hours. The ratio was three to one, so three clients and one staff. Me. A few hours into my shift, two of the men go to bed. One stays up. As I am in the other room, which technically was the office but had no door, the awake man, I'll call him Roger, comes in. He's a man in his 50s. He wants to talk. Nothing in particular, just mundane, casual stuff. At first, it didn't bother me at all. Talking made the night go by faster. But then his conversation starts to take an uncomfortable turn. He starts asking me personal questions, like if I have a boyfriend. I just tell him, yes. I'm thinking maybe he'll leave me alone, but no. He becomes more intrusive with his questions, starts asking me about our sex life. That's when I tell him that he's being very inappropriate and I don't appreciate it. I text my supervisor and tell her how I feel, but of course, she's not responding. It's around 2 a.m. at this point. I decided to act busy, thinking he'll probably go to bed soon. I try to change rooms. He follows me everywhere. He notices that I'm not paying attention to him, and it angers him. I pretend that I'm on my phone, and he walks over and knocks it out of my hand, hard. I tell him how that's wrong and that I'm upset. But I don't want to make him mad because I'm alone. I try to stay calm, but inside I am having so much anxiety. I keep staring at my phone, hoping for a response from my supervisor. I also keep watching the time. Every minute feels like an hour. He starts asking me about my sex life again, and that's when I get more angry and I can tell he notices. His demeanor changes. He reaches for my phone, <laughs> laughing. He tries to act like everything is funny. I stand up and go to the porch. I call my supervisor and coworker. Again, no one answers. I go back in and he's just sitting, watching TV. He starts to comment on how he just got out of a local hospital for using, quote, a machete on someone. Then he jokes about how I'm safe and tells me not to worry. I start thinking about calling the cops, but what are they going to do? He didn't make any direct threats or do anything illegal. A few more hours go by with some more inappropriate comments, 
And finally, my supervisor calls. I go outside and explain everything. She tries to downplay it, but apologizes and says she'll come in soon. About a week goes by, and I'm at work at the main facility again. Someone calls the house phone. I answer. It's Roger. He proceeds to tell me that he knows my home address, and then he reads me my actual address. I immediately tell my boss, and she again acts like it's not a big deal. She tells me not to worry, but I am freaking out because I live alone. More time goes by. Then one night, I'm half asleep, having what I think is a dream. I see a man standing in my doorway, arms outstretched, looking at me. When I wake up, I remember the dream vividly. I remember the exact details. For example, he had a green striped polo shirt, a baseball hat, gray shorts. I never had a dream where I remembered those specifics. It felt so real. To add to the creepiness, my kitchen door was slightly ajar that morning. I learned that Roger tried to attack another woman with a machete a little over a year after all this. I think about it every once in a while, if that was somehow Roger in my room that night. I can only take a lesson from this. I will always trust my instincts and never let someone downplay my feelings. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is with people and machetes. I hear about them a lot, though. Have you ever seen a machete? It's funny you say that. Did I t actually tee you up for something? Yeah, you uh, inadvertently teed me up. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. Yes, I have seen a machete because my roommate has a machete. <laughs> okay. She keeps it under her bed. Well, now we all know. Yeah. So. Well, you know, don't mess with her. I think she maybe had it from like a trip because she's been to lots of distant places and she may have just needed to wield a machete. Um, okay. To forge a path somewhere. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. Is this Joy? Yep. That's so funny. Your roommate Joy has a machete. <laughs> well, that's a nice reversal to Roger using a machete on a woman. Yeah, I would trust her to wield it effectively. Yeah, I also have a slight machete story. Mm -hmm. I was at ballet one day, <laughs> like, at you know, in my ballet class. Mm -hmm. And we were told we needed to, like, lock the door to the studio because some guy was just wielding a machete in the parking lot next door. Wow. And yeah, he was. Yeah, that's what was happening. He was just in the parking lot, just going for it wow a good machete story always starts out with ballet class <laughs> yeah it does it does <laughs> um that's super scary did they get him i guess eventually we left and i didn't see a, a man with a machete so i think it all worked out okay <laughs> but yeah i think you know people with machetes <laughs> beware no offense to joy <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, Joy. But I'm glad this uh, this story, I'm glad she turned out okay because um, I definitely think that her boss was definitely not attentive enough. And uh, Yeah, asleep at the wheel. Who allows this like three-on-one situation anyway? That can't be 
protocol. This can't be true, right? Or this can't be real, but I don't know. I mean, honestly, given (laughs) the countless stories of like the incompetence of managers at work and the healthcare system, I wouldn't be like extremely surprised if this were real. Yeah, that's depressing. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That's depressing. So. (laughs) But I will say, I think she did take a big leap to be like, he was in my house and then didn't do anything. This man, Roger, who can't stop himself from asking you like invasive questions about your sex life. You think you came into your house and then didn't do something? If he was in there, this man would have done something. So I will say, I think she was safe the whole time. But I think Roger was, you know, not in a good state of mind and probably wasn't best for her to be around. Well, Roger did turn out to be dangerous because he did, in fact, attack a woman with a machete later on. I mean, he started dangerous. He attacked a woman with a machete before and then later. So he said that and I was like, is that true or is he just trying to scare her? And if that's the case, then hell no, should she be the only person with those three men alone? Yeah. It does remind me of, I met a potential serial killer. It reminds me of that woman's story. Oh, yeah, that was the story where the woman was basically, I think she was testing air quality in people's houses. Yeah. If you don't remember, it was in one of our earlier episodes and actually was one that a lot of people voted on when we asked for favorites. Yeah, I was surprised that people logged that one. But it is very relatable and similar to this in that, you know, this person has a job to perform, but all they want to do is probably get out of there. It's just so hard to know what to do in those situations, especially if you're supposed to be taking care of people, you know. Yeah, getting out of a situation in a in a courteous, nonviolent way that de-escalates things. Yeah. Yeah, and if you want to listen to that other story we're referring to, it's episode five. Wow, episode five feels so long ago. <laughs> it was years ago. We were so young then. And innocent. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> And now a word from our sponsors. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. Do you ever wish you could become a detective and help find the clues to the case? How about all of that in a mobile game that you can take anywhere? In June's journey, each scene leads to a new thrilling storyline. Uncover the mystery of June's sister's murder and find out about scandalous family secrets. The gameplay lets you find hidden clues as you investigate a murder mystery. Escape to a bygone age of mystery, danger, and romance. Let your imagination run wild when decorating your island estate and collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. Whether you're craving a good mystery or looking for an escape, you can immerse yourself in the world of June Parker. 
June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. Each new scene takes you further through a thrilling murder mystery story that sets the main protagonist June Parker on a quest to solve the murder of her sister and uncover her family's many secrets. I travel so much while working that I personally love to play it while sitting around airports with all that free time I have. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Let's tune in to another story. This morning before work, I stopped by the supermarket close to my house to buy some pens and a clipboard. I walked in a rush because I was already late and quickly grabbed the items and made my way to the front. I sat my items on the conveyor belt and looked up, and there was no cashier behind the counter. You know that strange feeling you get when you know someone is staring at you, or maybe standing too close? Well, I started to feel that way. I turned to my right, and this beautiful woman was standing right beside me, probably late 20s with long brown hair and blue eyes. She wasn't a comfortable arm's length apart. She was less than a meter away. I looked up at her as she smiled at me. You know, the way people look at you when you know them very well. Like know them deeply. Did you call for help yet? Do they know we're standing here? She said like we were more than acquainted. I just stared at her. The way she said that combined with the way she looked at me made me feel so uneasy. Like we had come here together, though I had never seen her in my life. No, not yet, I replied to her. She walked around the side of the counter and looked into the manager's office that was behind the end of the registers. The cashier came out of the back room and apologized for the wait. I only half heard what she said because I watched the woman come around the corner, smiling a beautiful toothy grin and looking at me the whole time. I got her, the smiling woman said in a playful tone before bouncing right back next to me, close enough that I crossed my arms to keep our hands from touching also close enough that I could smell her shampoo. I looked up at the clerk and realized that this wasn't strange to her, but she definitely thought we were together. Y'all doing okay today, said the cashier. The woman beside me bounced back to one of those candy racks that they have by the register and said, oh yeah, I needed gum, remember? I just stared as she put the gum on my clipboard and came to rest again close to me. I backed away and looked at her. My face had to be as confused as it ever has been. She looked at me, smiling still, and then stopped. What? She said. I looked down at the gum on my clipboard and back up to her again. What? She said again, this time with worry in her voice. I looked at the cashier, who was confused as all hell, and then back to the woman who was now looking at the gum with no expression on her face. When she looked back up at me, This time, she looked at me like you would expect from someone you had never met before. Distant eyes that were thinking about something else, and accidentally and uncomfortably caught the gaze of a stranger. The smile was gone from her voice, and she said, Sorry. She took a few steps back. I quickly ran my card through and grabbed my bag from the corral. I turned back to the woman who looked lost and confused. I walked back to my car, the experience still fresh in my mind, but instead of leaving, I waited. 
hoping there would be an answer walking out of those doors. Maybe she had a husband, boyfriend, or significant other who has a long beard and blue eyes like I do. Maybe she embarrassingly mistook me for that man. I waited for a lot longer than it should have taken for her to ring up the gum she had grabbed. Also, strange that the only item she put on the belt was the gum. She had only remembered to grab it when she got to the register with me. Finally, she emerged with the gum in hand and had an expressionless look on her face. She was alone. She got into her orange Kia Soul with a Hello Kitty plushie hanging from the mirror and drove away. I took off for work and that quickly consumed my thoughts. On the way home from work, I remembered my dog was out of food. I pulled into the same supermarket and grabbed a bag. I got to the register and the same cashier came to the till. You're back again, I see, she said. And without the girl this time. Yeah, did you notice that woman? I didn't know her at all. She was acting so weird. The woman kind of half smirks as she gives me my receipt. To be honest, she said, I thought you were being a jerk. I looked confused at her again. I was watching the camera earlier when you guys came in together. There was a man in the same aisle as you two walked through who I thought was putting printer cartridges in his backpack. I watched you two look at the pens for a second, then walked to the register, but I didn't come out immediately because I was sure that guy was stealing ink. What do you mean came in together? I said. She replied, well, she walked in with you, stood behind you while you grabbed your pens and walked with you to the register. Then you acted as if you had never met her. Goosebumps, my friends. That chill washed over me like a freaking breeze from a deep freezer. Ma'am, I said, I have never met that woman in my life. At 31 years old, I can definitely say that this is the weirdest thing that has ever happened to me. I think I have the perfect casting choice for the <laughs> beautiful woman with crazy eyes. Okay. Um, do you know the actress Alexandra Daddario? Have you ever heard of yes. her? Yes. Can you picture? Isn't she exactly interesting? The look. Blue eyes, long brown hair. From White Lotus? Yes. Okay. That's who I see in this role because she's beautiful, but in the right context, it could be like scary beautiful because her eyes are so bright. You know? She does have those when blue eyes can turn into like a little bit of like crazy eyes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they're they're, they're beautiful. They're so blue. They're beautiful. Yeah. But you can see the tiny people in them <laughs> and it's disconcerting. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> okay, that's a pretty good casting. So that's who I see as the woman. The man, I guess, could be anyone. <laughs> and we are casting this as a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And the grocery store clerk is um, Jamie Lee Curtis. That's uh, that's a great idea. Wait, who's the woman? Allison Janney. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's great, too. Yeah, she's got that no-nonsense way about her. Wow. We can't wait for the movie. Yeah, let's make it happen. I have uh, some questions about this man. Okay. And um, I want to know why in the morning before work, he was rushing to the <laughs> store to buy a clipboard and some pens. <laughs> and sure, maybe he's a teacher. Sure, maybe he's a teacher, maybe he's a football coach or something. But I was like, 
is this guy going to make me sign a petition? Yeah. Is this guy one of those people that's going to make me sign a petition? And power to those people because I'm sure they're very important causes. But I'm always really like, <gasps> how can I not go sign that petition? Mm-hmm. And I know that makes me a bad person. <laughs> um, but I'll say it out loud. Because I'm always like, is this real? How long will they talk to me? Yeah. So I'll just be like, sorry, I'm in a rush. Now now you know my tricks. Oh, yeah. they. I'm sure that the petition people didn't know that already. <laughs> I'm sure they thought you were really yeah. in a rush. Be like, my dog is in the hospital. Yeah. My dog is in surgery. My hamster. <laughs> my dog is in surgery. <laughs> the other thought I had about this story is like, honestly, not a bad way to con your way into some gum. Sure. Yeah. I was like, what? What if she's just kind of flirting and she wants a little gum? Is there a long game or yeah, did she just want She might just think he's a little cute and she wants some gum. And I actually think power to you. Okay. Get your gum. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so what would she maybe like if he had bought the gum and he just played along with it, you know, what would be the next step if this was a long con? They fall in love. They fall in love. (laughs) And she's got she's got herself 12 sticks of gum. Mm. Gum and a man. <laughs> they still make sticks of gum? 12 stick of gum? I think so. Yeah, I think okay. so. It's been a while since I've been out in the world. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of all of the gum. I don't, what would make it worth it? <laughs> what would make it worth it in terms of gum? <laughs> in terms of gum, as a child, I know what I would have gone for if I had... Juicy fruit. <laughs> Not juicy fruit? Not juicy oh, fruit. Oh, I was really into juicy fruit as a kid. So bubble tape. Oh, I was, was really into bubble jam. tape as a kid. I loved gum. Loved bubble tape. Yes. Bubble tape. Do you remember bazooka gum? Yes, I do. I also liked that. It was like hard as a rock in the beginning. You kind of have to like chew it <laughs> for it to become gum. Mm-hmm. But it had a little, uh, little comic when you take the wrapper off. Remember? Mm-hmm. It would be like a little comic inside. That was cool. But a uh, side note, I actually used to steal gum from the supermarket. <laughs> Wow. This makes me think of my uh, gum stealing days as a child. <laughs> wow. And uh, did you ever tell anyone about that? Did your parents ever find out? Yeah. Um, so we would be in checkout and I would just like covertly grab it, throw it into my my scratchy jumpsuit jacket. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My mom caught me doing it one day. And from then on, she- <laughs> Checked your pockets? Checked my pockets, but she didn't want me to know she was checking my pockets. So she was checking out one day. And I was just like looking out the window and I just felt her hands go into my jacket pockets. <laughs> I was like, okay. Wow. I guess this is how it is now. You really were a troublemaker. I guess so. You're like a benign troublemaker. Pretty benign. Pretty uh, ineffective. Mm. <laughs> Even if I wanted to pull something <laughs> more nefarious off, I just wouldn't get away with it. Yeah. Going back to your point about the uh the con of getting gum and a man out of this. What if you just did that like in a bar? You know, it's kind of like a bold pickup move to just walk up and be like And pretend you know them. Yeah. And be like, oh, could you order me the ribs and uh an old fashioned? Okay, thanks, sweetie. <laughs> I mean, it would be really interesting to do that and see what the reaction would be because I think a lot of people would be like, I don't know you. You're having an episode. Yeah. Um But, you know, I actually think, unfortunately, it would work a few times. (laughs) (laughs) I think, unfortunately, it would work. Yeah, I think she chose the wrong place to pull this con. I think she would have done way better. An upstanding citizen who has people sign petitions. Mm -hmm. Pick someone else. She has to vet them better. This man is structured. (laughs) He has a beard. He's buying a clipboard. For God's sakes. 
Anyway, look out for the movie. Working title is The Gum. The Gum. <laughs> the Gum. The Gum. Thief. <laughs> nope. It's just The Gum. The Gum. Yeah. I think this guy didn't know that he was being hit on. That's my theory. And mm-hmm. I honestly really like that. He like posts this somewhere being like scariest thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) He was just picking it on. (laughs) It's like, okay, well, now you see what it's like. Now you see what it's like. Now you got a little taste of, uh, you know, what it's like. Your own medicine. Clipboard man. Very possible. Or just to take it from her perspective, you know, maybe she's stuck in some kind of like sci-fi parallel dimension scenario where he's her partner in another universe. And um, she somehow crossed over. And in that moment that he looked at her, she realized she's in the wrong uh, universe. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm just going with the multiverse theory here. (laughs) You've really upped the budget of our movie. Oh, would you look at that? It's ad time. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, I wanted to ask you a question. Okay. Okay, so this question was posed to me by one of the kids at my family's Christmas get-together. Okay. And now you're recycling the children's question for me. Yes, <laughs> awesome. I think it's okay. a good question. What was your uh, What was your favorite Christmas present? 
<laughs> that was the question. Hold um, on, hold on. Okay, all right. So I see. There's more to it. She had a mic in her hand. It felt more like dynamic. Wow, this is actually okay. I did have a favorite Christmas present. Okay, and it fits. It's very um, on theme. My favorite mm-hmm. Christmas present was a pair of headphones. Nice. What kind of headphones? Sony headphones. Mm. I don't remember what the n- the model number is, but they're great noise canceling over ear headphones. Uh, very nice. I need so great. headphones like that. Okay, and now, what was your least favorite present? <laughs> okay, that's the good. That's <laughs> the good question. Okay, who am I going to alienate in my life? Let me think. <laughs> Well, I have a few. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, I was given presents at different times um, mm-hmm. by many different people. This is just wow. me covering my tracks so that no so one me. knows what I'm talking about in case friends and family are listening. Do you ever receive a present that immediately goes to Goodwill? <laughs> I don't know if you heard me over the laughter, but I said, do you ever receive a present that immediately goes to Goodwill? That is what I said. Um. I've not immediately done it because I do feel bad (laughs) when I look at something and I'm like, this is going to be shoved to the back of a shelf for a while before it goes to Goodwill. But I do look at it thinking, you know, your days are limited. (laughs) Your days are numbered, buddy. (laughs) Yeah. But I think the one that I can cite was uh, somebody made me a homemade magnet. That references the Aww. holiday movie. Oh, yeah, it's very sweet until you hear what's on it. It references the holiday movie that many people know as uh, the guilty pleasure worst movie ever. Um, Love and of actually? course, I'm talking. No, that one's actually good. Mm. I'm talking about The Family Stone. Oh, I l- <laughs> you love that The Family movie? Stone? That movie is I don't bad. <laughs> love it um, genuinely. I think it's batshit it's batshit and i'm into it okay interesting the the cast is great that's true the cast is great stacked cast and a ridiculous plot maybe the worst script ever written (laughs) maybe (laughs) i I declared that quite (laughs) quite proudly Mm -hmm. i know that there was like a big article i read this year about like why it's like such a guilty pleasure watch for so many people despite being like so universally panned at the same time yeah everyone watches it like every year but anyway, someone made me a magnet that references one line in that movie, which is uh, there's a character named Meredith played by oh, right. Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> and Meredith's in movies are always like head bitch. They're always like <laughs> primo bitch. That's what they're always, you know, Meredith in uh, the parent trap, same way. Right. But, yeah. But um, there's a line that goes... Meredith, that crazy racist bigot bitch from Bedford. And it's just a picture. The magnet is just a picture of Sarah Jessica Parker. It says Meredith at the top and it says that crazy racist bigot bitch from Bedford underneath. Mm-hmm. And it's on my fridge right now. Um, that's funny. <laughs> I think it that's funny. genuinely funny. <laughs> it is funny. I guess it's kind of a good bad present. Nice. What about you? So I want to know now what your best present and worst present was. Uh, This will go quickly because I didn't ask for anything. I'm traveling and I don't check my bags anymore. So (laughs) (laughs) smart. Best present, cash money. And worst present, lice. Oh, God. Or the threat of lice. I'll correct. Uh, I will correct myself there. Your worst present was an existential threat of lice. (laughs) 
It always is, man. <laughs> nice. So the same adorable child who posed this question to us ended up having lice. Oh, God. Cute. Yeah. So cute. Um, Poor kid. Mm. But we all got our heads checked. Lots of laundry. Mm. And, you know, all turned out okay. But I, I would say next year, I would opt out. Oh, yeah. You don't like lice? Lice are out for you? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Unusual. <laughs> yeah, well... You can always try in 2025. Maybe you'll get something different. Maybe yeah. you'll get maybe you'll get the existential threat of rabies. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> go big or go home. Rattled and Shook is a Tenderfoot TV production in partnership with Odyssey. Executive producers are Donald Albright and Payne Lindsay. Co-executive producer is Meredith Stedman. Hosted and produced by April Ruha and Meredith Stedman. Lead editor and sound designer is April Ruha. Additional production by Sean Nerney. Production management by Tracy Kaplan and Jordan Foxworthy. Original score by Makeup and Vanity Set. Original art by Puppy Teeth. Follow us on social media at Rattled and Shook.